0: Us have aspirations to achieve something amazing okay maybe that's a little heavy but we all have places where we want to be sometimes that motivation can drive us to do incredible things but be careful
1: if your if your focus and your expectation is to to only reach the summit You're missing so much throughout the whole expedition that that you can really be enjoying, you know?
0: If we don't enjoy ourselves along the way, is it worth it? Who are the Mountain Meisters?
1: Committing to the goal and galvanizing you and your team behind that one single focus. Being at peace with that fear and being okay with it you gain a real appreciation for your life and for what you have.
0: Learn about their extreme lives on rock, snow, and ice with your host, Ben Shank. Hello, Meister fans, and hello to those of you who are new to this show. Quick note before we welcome our guest. And if you are a Meister fan, which means you listen to this podcast, you'll know this. And if you're new to the show, listen up. We have a library full of, of over 100 episodes that are equally as good as this one, go check them out. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Type in MTN Meister in the search bar. That's M-T-N-M-E-I-S-T-E-R in the search bar. Or you can find highlights of all of our episodes and the episodes themselves on our website, mtnmeister.com. Thanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mountain Meister. I am Ben Shank, and today we welcome Jason Thompson. Jason, welcome to the show.
1: Good morning. Glad to be here.
0: For the listeners who don't know Jason, he is a professional adventure photographer with industry-leading media clients and brands, including Patagonia, North Face, Alpinist, National Geographic, NPR, and now... Mountainmeister, if he chooses to let us use one of his incredible photos. Jason is also a mountain guide from 2005 to 2013. He collected 100-plus summits of Rainier, four Denali expeditions, and more as a senior guide for RMI and Pacific Alpine Guides. Jason Thompson, congratulations on all of those accomplishments, and congratulations on being named a Mountain Meister.
1: Yeah, that's great, Ben. I'm really excited to be here. This is fun. I've listened to several of your podcasts over uh, the last year or so, and it's, uh, it's a really fun concept, and I'm thrilled to be here this morning.
0: Thank you, thank you. Yes, you told me you listened to Lindsay Mann, and I was going to tell you that So it is 7.30 for you, 7.30 Mountain Time, 9.30 uh, in the morning for me. And I was going to say that you have the earliest interview, but that would be wrong because your friend Lindsay Mann beat you to it. She, did she tell you when when her interview was?
1: No, she didn't.
0: It was at 5.30 in the morning on Pacific Coast Time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay's a real go-getter, so that doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, she woke up and then went uh, guiding later that day. That's why she had to do it so early. And I'll I'll give you a little uh, podcast piece of advice here in early in the morning, your voice sounds a lot different than it does later in the day. So so my voice is just going to be a little bit deeper than other interviews, and most likely yours will too.
1: Well, hopefully that'll be a, a good thing. So. That is a good thing. You sound a little bit manlier. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so given
0: all of those accomplishments that I said earlier, you you spend most of your time outside, it seems like. Was this always a dream of yours to be doing something outside?
1: It, it was, yeah. I uh, I grew up in Washington State, and... I I just remember from a very young age, uh, you know, exploring backpacking trips uh, with family and friends in the Olympic National Park. And Mm -hmm. uh, just always having a a camera and taking pictures of of friends on our adventures in the summertime. uh, Yeah, it was was just something that I identified with early on. And and it's just kind of been this journey that I've been, been on from a young age of spending my time outside taking pictures and uh, and in order to show other people how exciting being outside can be and, and trying to encourage other people uh, to go outside and, and to play.
0: When you choose a major in college, you went to college, right? I did, yep. What was yep. your major in college?
1: Uh, I studied photography in, in college. Oh, you did? Okay, so yeah. that, that translates pretty well. Yeah, it does. Because <laughs> I always am uh, like
0: wondering, uh, you can major in uh, some forestry or wilderness, but a lot of times like the, the things that you major in in college don't necessarily have anything to do with, you know, being in the outdoors, like your choices, right? You can major in writing or or English or finance in my case, but... Those don't really have like outdoors careers that you can naturally transition to. Like you can't exactly. major in mountain guiding, right? Or can well, it you?
1: Depend, it depends on how you look at it. You oh. know, uh, going through the AMGA process—that's uh, I would I would say that that is the equivalent to okay. going A mountain to guiding uh, major. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, going to guiding school. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I, I did. Take a lot of science classes as well. Uh, I looked into going to a uh, PA school, uh, but in the end, uh, I just kind of decided to to follow what what I wanted to do the most, and, and that was photography. Uh, looking back on it, I think that uh, I maybe could have taken some more business classes uh, that might have helped a little bit more. Uh, just where I'm at now, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of you know just running my own small business and whatnot. So. Yeah,
0: and another thing that we talked about in a previous episode uh, with a Knowles instructor, Jamie O'Donnell, that's episode number 108, we talked about how managing people uh, as a mountain guide, or in his case, as being an instructor, is crucial, you know, like, you need to be able to understand how people get along in an extreme environment.
1: Right. I think guiding for me, you know, is something that I just kind of got into, uh, because I I did want to be outside. I did want to, to uh, spend time in the mountains. And, you know, like I said, with photography, I really enjoy showing people how exciting uh, spending time in the mountains can be. And, and I, I do really enjoy teaching as well. And So I think that is what got me into, into guiding, uh, bringing people into the mountains and kind of teaching them how, how fun uh, climbing and skiing can be. But I was very surprised just at how many uh different life lessons that I was able to learn through guiding mm-hmm. you know you you mentioned uh just managing people and and that is a very very big part of of guiding is managing people managing terrain obviously uh but managing expectations too yeah uh, <clears throat> so it was it's it was very cool how many life lessons I've learned through guiding that I necessarily wasn't aware that I was going to be learning when I, when I went into guiding in the beginning.
0: Do you, was there like a specific time or on one of these numerous expeditions that you've done where like the more difficult part of the expedition was the people component versus the conditions in the mountain?
1: You know, I would say for the most part, uh, no, hmm. uh, people are, at least for me, I'm sure other other guides have different experiences. But you know, I was fortunate with a lot of really wonderful folks to work with uh, in the mountains. But you know, there there are a couple exceptions uh, along the way that I can think of. And mm-hmm. um, I remember one of my first trips on Denali. We we had a, a one individual that was you know just really gung ho on on going to the summit no matter what and you know, guiding requires really good open lines of communication between, uh, the climbers and, and the guides. And it's, you kind of check in on a daily basis, like how, how are you feeling, you know, with different alt- altitude and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, uh, this, this person was, like I said, just gung ho on making it to the summit. And she was just not being totally honest, uh, with myself and, the other guy that I was working with, and eventually she uh, she kind of came down with some facial edema, and uh, you know it was it was unfortunate because it was a very preventative situation, mm-hmm. uh, and we could have adjusted our schedule to kind of meet meet her needs, but in the end, she, you know she felt like she didn't want to disrupt the the group flow and uh so that that in turn ended her trip early on on that expedition uh, managing expectations uh can be a challenging thing for sure yeah. uh, especially with guiding because there are depending on how large the group is there there can be so many uh people involved in so many different varying levels of e- expectations
0: yeah really interesting so at first, when you think about what that person did, you know, you say, like, come on, you got to be honest with your group, blah, blah, blah. But then if you like if you really put yourself into their shoes, it's tough. Like you don't want to be that person to hold the group back. Right. And I think it's just like the beauty of all of this when you're put into an extreme environment, like, yes, there are so many parallels, like you said, like how, like in this case, how honesty is so important. So there are all these parallels, but then the repercussions are so much more severe. That's what's, I think, one of the many things that's so unique about this.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, everything kind of has an effect down the road mm-hmm. and sometimes the effects can be, uh, quite massive. So, you
0: mentioned managing expectations there, and that's something that I really want to talk about. Uh, I just recently wrote a little piece in our newsletter about expectations and how when humans get their expectations beat, when, when something beats our expectations, we're happy. And when we miss our maybe high expectations, we are sad, even though maybe the same thing actually happens. So... Again, so many parallels to mountain guiding, how you, Jason, set your expectations as a mountain guide, how you set other people's expectations, or in your photography, how you set your expectations as a photographer, or... How you say your client's expectations are the subjects of the photos, so I want to talk about all of this stuff, which I think is so cool, so let's start off with the guiding because that's what we were talking about. then we'll move to the photography because that's been the focus as of late. So when you are on the mountain, do you have strategies to manage your client's expectations?
1: you know yeah there's there's different strategies and different uh, ways to. To manage expectations and in guiding safety is obviously uh the first goal uh of the trip and you know everybody comes home safe and and then having fun is the second goal for me and and I explain this with 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 folks that I'm working with in the mountains uh in guiding um uh, and then third I tell them is is the summit um and I think if you or my approach to it has just been to, uh, to lay those three goals out that I have and hopefully they can see why safety should be first and, and fun should be second. And, you know, you can flip flop, uh, fun and and the summit. Some people would prefer to summit versus have more fun. But, Mm um, (laughs) but, uh, for me, you know, as long as we're in the mountains, they're, they're intended for us to have a a good time. And I think we can set ourselves up to, to have a good time in the mountains and to really enjoy the the whole journey and, and process of being in the mountains. Um, and you know, I've, I've definitely seen, seen groups and seen climbers that are so focused on the summit that, that they really forget to have fun. And, you know, with, with climbing there's, Oftentimes, you know, you're you're not really on the summit that long during during a trip. You know, like a Denali expedition, you know, can be twenty something days or give or take, and you're only on the summit for you know maybe an hour mm-hmm. of that time. So, if your if your focus and your expectation is to to only reach the summit, you're missing so much throughout the whole expedition that that you can really be enjoying, you know? Jason, what you just said there
0: was perfect. Like that—that <laughs> That is the exact purpose of this show. We draw the parallels from what happens in the mountains to our everyday life, and you just said, which this will probably be your quote for this episode, you said that if your goal is only to reach the summit, or if your focus is only to reach the summit, then you're missing something very important along the way. And God, we're all working towards something, right? Whether it's a career aspiration or whatever. And so often we only focus on what that, f- like what the goal is, where we want to be, and we forget to enjoy the ride along the way. That was perfect and will most likely be your quote on your Meister profile page, Jason, on our website, mtnmeister.com. For the listeners, you can share that quote if you liked it as much as I did. There's a simple tweet button. All you have to do is click it and we'll compose something that you can share with your friends as well. Let's move on to your expectations as a photographer. How do your expectations as a photographer compare to those as a mountain guide?
1: Yeah, I would say that uh, there's a lot of crossover uh, mm-hmm. between what I learned as a as a mountain guide and um, now working as a photographer. You know, the the expectations that I have for myself, I would say, are, are quite high. And again, like safety is is number one uh, with the type of photography work that I do. Um, there's a lot of objective hazards and, and risks to to manage both on my side and the athletes that I'm working with um, and and at the end of the day you just want to come home and have a good time in the mountains with your friends and you know that's originally why I chose to to become a, a photographer in the outdoors was to be outside shooting pictures of my friends doing what they love to do and so managing or rather the expectations that kind of come along with that with guiding, you know, you do a lot of uh, Mm pre-trip prepping and you're like, okay, this is our objective. Here's how we're, here's our route. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's our strategy for success. Uh, And I've taken that same example from guiding and kind of applied it to photography. It's like, all right, here's, here's the shots that we need to get. And, you know, we have our our primary objectives, and then we have our backup plans as far as uh, you know different shot ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a shot doesn't work out, and then we have a, a plan B shot in place. And so, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of crossover uh, between what I learned in from guiding and now in photography.
0: We've had a couple of photographers on in the past. And I'm, I forget if I actually asked this question, which is terrible. I should probably learn every <laughs> single thing that I ask. But, but like, what separates the the good photographers from the great photographers?
1: Man, that is a really good question. Uh, I think I'm still trying to to figure that out. You know, huh. um, <laughs> uh, what I've learned so far is you have to have fun, um, and I think that. I think you can see it in, in photographers work. Um, at least for me, like looking at different photographers work, Mm. I I can kind of see like, I can feel like when photographers and athletes are, are having fun together in the mountains and there's a certain emotion that images portray. And, uh, so I think having fun is, is a really important one. And it, it, it is conveyed to the viewers. And then what makes great photographers, I mean, obviously, technically, you have to be solid and you have to be exceptional as far as your composition and lighting and, and all the technical aspects that go into uh, photography. Um, and then I think it just also comes down to to shooting a lot, just shooting, shooting, shooting. The more images that I shoot, the more I learn. Mm. Uh, three years ago, the number of images that I shot that that year uh, compared to the number of images that I've shot in the past year, you know, it's almost four times the amount of images.
0: Spending the same amount of time?
1: Well, no, I'm I'm spending a lot more time in, in it, and uh, and I think that's that's the point, you know, is is being able to to spend more time perfecting and pursuing your craft exactly really yeah 10,000 hours yeah 10,000 hours Mm -hmm. um but there's something with that 10,000 hours like you also have to have like a certain threshold of talent
0: very humble from a photographer with placements in let me scroll okay uh National Geographic uh doing work for Patagonia North Face Alpinist very humble on your part (laughs) (laughs) Jason to say that you still have a lot to learn which I think is a great approach to have
1: yeah, I think I think that humility I think was something that I I learned early on from from guiding. Uh you know, it's the mountains are so powerful and they're raw and being humble in the mountains goes a long ways and it helps helps me really uh progress my craft in the mountains, mm-hmm. you know, just maintaining that attitude of humility. Yeah, and on
0: humility, like if you look at some of the most successful people in whatever their discipline is, almost all of them are very, very good listeners. And they understand that some people have a fresh perspective and there's something to be learned there. And then there are also people who have been there who are veterans and there's something that can be learned on that side too.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I I try to, uh, I love collaborating with other photographers or other creative people, um, whether they have, 30 years of experience more than me or, you know, they're 20 years old and just getting into photography, but there's always something more to learn, uh, from other, other people, you know, like we can, we can always be learning more and more and listening is, is a really important skill. I think in the mountains, uh, being able to, you know, like I mentioned, adjust your, your objectives and a, a adjust your your expectations to to the conditions and you know listening in the mountains is a skill and it takes a lifetime to to learn and and to achieve
0: let's get to your gear recommendation Jason yeah from all of the meisters that I remember to ask we get a gear recommendation give our listeners one or two things that they absolutely have to have
1: okay so i love i love skiing and uh for me, my favorite ski right now has been uh, the Dina Star Sham 107. Uh, and then, as far as um, technical pieces or filming goes, uh, filming and photography, I try to you know have about 30 uh, percent of my workflow be, be some video uh, work. And recently, I've, I've been using this piece of equipment uh, from a company called Hondo Garage. And, uh, they make some really fun, lightweight, innovative designs for filmers. And their, their whole concept is, uh, very lightweight, uh, pieces of, of gear. Uh, <clears throat> so a lot of the, or a couple of pieces that I've been using lately are like the shoulder stabilizers where you can kind of put your camera on it and, uh, be able to get nice fluid, clean shots, uh, for video, um, and it's really, like I said, it's really light and compact, and it's really good for what I do in the outdoors where weight matters a lot. I can fold this, this unit up, and it's lightweight and it's great.
0: The Dina Star skis and the Hondo fit. Did I say that correctly? hondo garage hondo garage not the yeah. honda fit i think that's where i was going with that the hondo garage on jason's exactly. meister profile page also a quote from jason there his episode and some other things that we have mentioned on this show Mtnmeister.com to wrap up jason this is a question that we're asking to all future mountain meisters, courtesy of Casey Green from a couple of episodes ago. We want to know who you want to see as the future meister. The
1: future meister, next meister on Mountain Meister, who's it going to be? I would say uh, my friend, my good friend uh, Forrest Coots. Forrest and I, we've been on uh, a lot of great trips together over the years, and. I think he brings a lot of a lot of ski knowledge, and uh, it's he'd be a, a great addition to your program. Excellent, Off, offering some technical ski advice.
0: Technical ski advice, and then I was going to ask you if if there is like, should I just mention like an embarrassing story, or I'll say like, hey, Jason told me to ask you about this. <laughs> any any
1: ideas? Oh man, um, ask him about that one time in. Uh, Cerro Castillo in Chile
0: perfect can't wait to hear that (laughs) Jason Thompson thank you for joining us on Mountain Meister today wonderful having you
1: thanks a lot Ben it was really great to be here
0: that was Jason Thompson adventure photographer mountain guide just all around cool guy If you think I'm as cool as Jason and you want to let me know, let me know. Shoot me an email, ben at mtnmeister.com. Or if you like the show, you don't like the show, I need to know, let me know. What? (laughs) I'll probably edit that out. But if not, thank you for listening to Mountain Meister. Because of your feedback, exciting things are coming in the future. Stay tuned for that. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast and I hope you enjoyed doing the rest of whatever you do when you listen to it. Until next time, I am your host, Ben Shank, and you have been listening to Mountain Meister.